Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete Podcast episode 121 and it's December and I don't know about you but I'm just not sure where the year went, where the past few months went and there's only 30 days left before the new year and I know it's normal and it happens every year but personally with all the challenges that have filled the past year and a half, I kind of feel like specifically everything has been both extremely slow and extremely fast over the past 18 months. And I need to sit with this feeling a little and see what it's really trying to tell me. Or rather, what it thinks it's trying to tell me. Maybe it's just the consequence of the past few months, because that's also an option. When you go through a difficult period, when you're put under a heavy amount of stress, time takes on a different texture, a different material and nature. I'm going to call it like that. It probably has another better word to describe it, but today these are the words that are coming out and we're going to use them. Basically time, for me right now, it's no longer just days, hours, minutes and seconds. It's this liquid that feels limitless and has this capacity, yes, to expand, but also to retract and compress to the point where, yes, it is limitless, but I also feel that it is limited in that infinity, which is probably a very... Too big a topic for my tiny head right now, but hey, sharing. So I'm feeling it quite a bit this year, and I'm wondering if this has also anything to do with this idea of going forward, moving forward. And let me explain. A couple of weeks ago, I attended Evolution 101's conference Mind and Movement Matters. It was a full day of learning, questioning, relearning, looking at things from another perspective. When attending any class or conference of any kind, I put my mind into the I know nothing mode because, aha, there's logic to my madness. For me, it means then that I am open to learn everything. I am open to learn everything. And as a consequence, I learned a lot from why we breathe the way we do, to myofascial simulation and functional muscle training, and how fascia is basically this wonderful organ that we don't know much about, functional muscle training, and also the creative brain. There was a great talk by science journalist Caroline Williams about the connection between movement, brain stuff, and creativity. Caroline Williams' talk was about understanding the importance of movement in the creative process, to the creative process, presenting it as a key element to make creativity happen. Ooh, ooh, and actually, before I go forward with that thought, one of the things I learned from her talk as well, which I've been telling everybody about lately, modern science, modern neuroscience, has completely debunked the right side, left side theory of the brain. You've probably done one of these quizzes, you've probably been told as a child growing up or in your, in your later years, oh, you're more right-brained or you're more left-brained. 
actually, it turns out that there is nothing to back this theory up. Turns out it's wrong and stems from an experimental treatment for epilepsy that was being developed in the 1950s. But through further scientific experiment and research, it was proven that when in the creative action, actually elements in both parts of the brain light up. So to all those quizzes done over the years that would tell me I'm this or that, haha, you were wrong all along, <laughs> but I digress. One of the key elements of Caroline Williams' talk was when she proceeded to share with us a few tips on improving your creative workflow. And I'm always a fan of these type of stuff because it's something I use a lot in my practice. And when I have people coming to me and with creative blocks, one of the first thing we put in place is making sure there is some type of movement, some type of activity to help stimulate the creative flow. Tip one, moving your body at an easy pace for minimum 20 minutes. The easy pace and constants of the movement helps reach a state of flow where the brain gets to switch a couple of things off. If you decided to wait around, you'd end up fixing your mind onto something which could make it harder to release your creative flow. Doing something other, something different, something that has nothing to do with what you're trying to solve or trying to do is going to help your mind ping pong around until it hits the jackpot. Number two, the after lunch dip is the perfect moment to think outside of the box because said box is off. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the box is digesting and that's why it's slowing down. So adding a lunchtime walk to have that easy pace activity, movement activity, could be a great way to fuel the flow for the afternoon. Number three, sensory deprivation. Also a great way to get your mind outside of the prefrontal cortex box. And reflecting on this now, this could also explain why people get ideas in the shower or when they're about to go to sleep. And it makes sense because the box is distracted by something else and it's falling into a different state. I think that's also why working with certain music frequencies and ASMR loop can really help boost the flow and your productivity and ultimately your creativity as well. Number four, and this one is the one that stayed with me the most, moving forward in space. And this, I mean, I'll take you to my own observation in a minute, but for me, this makes bucket loads of sense. Williams explained how we're used to see the future as being ahead of us and the past behind us, leaving us to be in the present moment. If the future is in front of me and the past is right behind my back, then I am standing in the present presently. Every step you take to move forward, therefore, brings you to the future, brings you closer to the future, to an outcome. So if we're combining that knowledge to the constant easy pace movement for 20 minutes minimum, you're increasing your chances to deload mentally what's blocking your progression because you are physically progressing through space. I run 
I've shared it on the podcast before. I run, like many, I took up running during lockdown 2020. I used to hate running because I was bad at it. Mostly because I used to struggle to pace my breath with the action of running. Never had that issue in hiking, in long walks, but for running, oh boy, big problem, big time. So I ended up teaching myself and it's now become an activity for me that I need because it helps me to leave the mental hamster wheel and stimulate my imagination. I've got a few playlists which I like to have in the background when I do this activity. Pretty sure it helps with my imagination. Not even pretty sure it helps, like I know it helps. I'm someone who's very easily influenced by music and moods in images. So when the right piece comes on at the right time when I'm running, it might invite me to walk faster because all of a sudden I am running across a field rather than running across a park. Maybe I am running faster because I'm about to jump over a bridge, a, a gap in the floor. And actually what I'm doing is running along the Thames and there are no gaps. Not where I am anyway. My short easy runs range from 20 to 30 minutes. I'm more a minute person rather than a kilometer or miles person. Easy pace, forcing myself to slow down and not fall into the trap of oh, I need to commit intensively to this activity and perform. Because I tend to be guilty of that. Especially on days where I am more stressed than others. What I have noticed from this practice, from this regular activity, and it's something I experience as well when I go out for walks on a different level because it's not the same pace and my walks tend to be minimum an hour and a half. So what I notice is how better I am at problem solving, at releasing, imagining and being playful, creative, allowing myself to be immersed in the imaginary. And that kind of starts roughly 15 minutes into the activity and then it lasts for almost a few hours afterward. That's also why I call my running uh, a moving meditation, which I know many yogis and other runners experience. I used to connect to a similar space when I was a flowist, so when I was practicing animal flow regularly. But there is a slight difference for me between these two flow states. And the key difference is the purpose you find in heading for a direction the act of going somewhere, of giving you a distance to cover, for me becomes a lot more helpful in this particular creative, imaginative, mental deload purpose than, say, having a fixed goal or destination in sight or running on the spot. Directional movement, movement that has you going forward into space, that invites you to change direction, it really makes a difference. And... In many rehearsal rooms, as I've grown up in the acting industry, but also as I teach, we do a lot of directional exercises where, as an ensemble, you're walking around, listening to the space, finding an equilibrium in the speed, identifying, okay, what is speed level three? 
as a group and then making sure you're never going around in a circle but you're always changing direction choosing a direction and following that direction through so taking that knowledge that i have from these rehearsal rooms where i've either received learning or shared knowledge and realizing through science through this conference through this running activity how pivotal choosing a direction and having a guided directional movement practice can help you reach a state of flow and stimulate the creativity and the imagination in a wonderful way. So next time you're encountering a bit of a block, get up and leave. Choose a direction and follow it. Let your local scenery roll past your eyesight and keep focused on the direction you've chosen and your horizon for minimum 20 minutes. And then take notes. What happened? How does the body feel? What does the head have to say now? Are you still having a problem to solve? Or do you feel ready to look at things with another light? And also, during this particular activity, you'll get to see and maybe reflect on your experience of time. Did these 20 minutes fly by? Or did they feel like a never-ending journey? Did the minutes feel like they were constantly expanding and not sticking to their regular 60 seconds? Or were you surprised when it came to an end? There's a lot to explore in that dimension too. I am currently reading Caroline Williams' new book and will be sharing a bit more about it in a future episode, probably in the new year, giving me time to fully digest it. I mean, the new year is only a few weeks away, so you won't have to wait that long. Meanwhile. Welcome to December. May you all have a gentle month and end of year preparation. I'll catch you next week. Speak to you soon. <laughs>